Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Gambling can be a fun way to spice up a card game or add flavor to your favorite sports game. But when your mortgage is on the line and your family is in danger of being homeless, it doesn't take long for a harmless bet to turn deadly. Join us as we tell the tale of the eight immortals murders. Good day to you, you sexy little podcast aficionado, um, and welcome to Horror House. I'm Amy. And I'm Dom. And sometimes life gets hard. Um, your job feels pointless, you argue with your family, there's bills to pay, um, and you've got no plan for the future. Um, so why not fuck all of that off and listen to us instead? <laughs> Dom, how are you? <laughs> Escape life listen to horror house um okay. i'm uh sleep deprived but i work night shifts cool. so i i don't know what sleep is anymore sleep is a an entirely foreign concept to me now Fine. Um, you can sleep when you're dead yeah 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 that is very true um but i'm good um it's lovely to see your face again uh my darling it's lovely to be recording again because obviously we we had a week off um but it's good to be to be recording again so i'm very excited to hear about this week's episode um but yeah i'm good um so this is entirely non-podcast related but i knew this was coming you and, and I, I know exactly both, what you're going to talk about are both I, I, I'm thrill so junkies yes you and i are both theme park lovers um mm-hmm. And after when after uh, five years, I think um, Universal Resort in Orlando have finally announced Epic Universe, which is their new theme park that will open, I believe, summer twenty twenty five. They've released concept art. Um, they put out a, a really fucking cool video on their YouTube channel. Um, which obviously I sent you and we talked about it last night. Was it last night or the day before? I don't know. Time can't remember no which meaning. now. Time is foreign concept. Um, Construct. But we are very, very hyped. I, I can't wait for it to open. I can't wait um, to see videos of people on opening day. The lands look so fucking cool. Like, you're, I, I can, I'm going to assume... The, the Harry Potter Ministry of Magic Land is something that you're yes it kind is of excited about I am excited about it but, but there's also what's it called the dark dark what's it called the dark, dark universe dark, dark universe. universe I'm more excited for that yes 
I'm a lot more excited for that. Yes. Because that's going to be oh, yes. sick. Um, mm-hmm. But generally just about all of it. Also, Super Mario Land. Like, hello. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's nothing yeah. that I'm not excited yeah. about. If you if you're a theme park lover, um, if even if you're a Disney elitist, and I'm a Disney adult, and I love going to Disney, but Epic Universe just looks unbelievable. So some might I say wanted it to looks epic. touch on that. Some might say it does indeed look epic. Yeah, it just looks like it's going to be amazing. Um, so I think a trip to Orlando might be in our near in future, our future, Amy. Yeah, I, 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 I think mean, it will. It's a tough thing to say <laughs> no to. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Amazing. So, me and Dom, as we often do, have been having a little talk and a little review of of what we do and how we dive into our weekly episodes um, here at Horror House. And we've we've made the decision, the executive decision, because let's face it, it's only me and you that the executives. So, who's going to tell us no, right? Um, that the board, the, we the had board to, of directors. We really had to negotiate with the board of directors. Yeah. Yeah, we we spoke long and hard to ourselves about what to do. Um, And we decided that sometimes some of the things that we talk about are just a little bit fucking heavy. You know, they're just a bit much. Yes. And, you know, we want you to have a moment of brevity and joy and, you know, hope before we plunge you into the depths of darkness and despair. So we decided that we're going to start bringing you true crime updates that are happening in the here and the now and the present um yes. before every episode because we absolutely you know what sometimes we just don't give you enough and we want to give you more yep. so much um, so much more and dom you have taken on the task this week because it's my episode you have taken on the task of giving us our update so tell me what is happening in the world of true yes. crime this week <clears throat> So, uh, I've got a few, a few little tidbits. One of them is more lighthearted than the the other. Um, so I'll get the the more serious one, I suppose you could say, out the way. Um, Put on my serious. So this is <laughs> your pensive. Hmm. Um, this is from uh, CNN, um, and it. Uh, involves a man called Alex Murdoch, um, who, if you've uh-huh. seen Netflix, um, there was a documentary about yeah. his crimes. Um, Very good documentary as well. So, if you don't know who Alex Murdoch is, he is the former South Carolina attorney who was convicted last year of killing his wife and his son. Um, and it came out, um, I believe... This was early earlier this week that CNN reported this. Um, it came out that he will not receive a new murder trial, um, a judge ruled on Monday. Um, his attorneys had asked for a new trial, alleging that the court clerk tampered with the jury that found him guilty almost 11 months ago. Um, however, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately for Alex, because... He should be in jail because he killed his wife and his son. Um, Judge um, Judge Jean uh, Toll held that the um, 
The court clerk did make improper comments to the jury, however ruled that the comments did not influence the verdict that the jury reached. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the next step for Alex's attorneys, if they do wish to, to take this further, is to uh, take it to the Court of Appeals. Um, so it, it remains to be seen if they if they do or don't um and for for those who don't know the sentence that alex murdoch got he is currently serving two consecutive life sentences for the murders of his wife and his son um and if that wasn't enough if if he if he was like you know what two consecutive life sentences just isn't enough i want more give me more jail he's also serving 27 years after pleading guilty to two dozen state financial crimes. Bloody hell. So. Oh, honey, you're not that's getting not out. Great. Not for a very long time. No. <laughs> Maybe never. You're probably going to die in jail. No. That's a shame. I mean, it's not a shame. It's right. But yeah. 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 Cool. Give me. I mean, that's kind of good news, right? We're happy about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He should definitely shouldn't be out of prison. (laughs) He should be in prison. That's a man that needs to... He's right where he needs to be. Yes, 100%. Beautiful. Give me two seconds because my my beard trimmer seems to be going off by itself and I don't know why. Oh, yeah. All right, your beard trimmer. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's not his beard trimmer. 100% a vibrator. How convenient. Just happened to have it to hand. I blame you too. So. I don't know. I don't know if my microphone picked that up because that was going on for quite a while before I actually heard it. I didn't um, hear it. I also had a little chat so. um, while you were away from the mic, which I fully expect you to cut out. But if you don't, then. Okay. Well, I, I might keep it in the in the audio version only because the video is literally just going to be me bending over in my drawer. So I don't know if that's good YouTube content. <laughs> I mean, for the right audience, it might be. It might Give be. us your second update. What's your second update? Okay, so this is a bit more of a lighthearted update. Um, on recommendation of my, my lovely co-host, um, because originally... This wasn't what I put in my notes that Amy mentioned. Maybe you can do a Florida man story. So I immediately went to the subreddit Florida man um, (laughs) and found an absolute treasure trove um, of various stories. But this is a Florida woman story, not a Florida man story. Because Florida woman does exist as well. Um, So Florida woman tried to kill her husband of more than 50 years when he received a postcard from an ex-partner. That is that is the tagline of this here Florida woman story. Um, so, I, obviously, I didn't copy over the entire article. This is just sort of two yeah. or three bullet points. Um, but that's pretty wild to start off with. Um, I don't know what was written on that postcard to, to make... This wife tried to kill her husband. They've been together um, 50 years. Intrigued. Like, how old was he when he was with this yeah. ex? <laughs> what the fuck? Well, um, for a bit of context, 
Um, the husband uh, would tell the police, um, who obviously came to came to the scene um, and found him in quite a fragile state. Um, the husband told the police that his wife, seventy one year old uh, Bertha Yolter, I believe, uh, tried to smother him with a pillow after he received a postcard from a girlfriend he had sixty years ago. <laughs> 60 years ago. I I think I'm not going to lie Bertha. I don't think that you're in you're in any danger of this girlfriend from 60 years ago coming to take your man. Yeah, and even if she does it will be very very slowly. You're going to have plenty of time to prepare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so don't worry too much. That is a exactly. fucking long time to reach out right. to an ex. Like Right. Should I say this? Yeah, fuck it. I'll say it. So I had an ex reach out to me today, in fact, after a number of years. I I think it was maybe about 15, 16 years since we were together. Um, And I was like, bloody hell, that's a bit surprising. You know, what, what could you possibly have to say to me at this stage of the game? But 50 years? That's Yeah, that's wild. I mean, it's a different lifetime. That what is the wild. hell is she saying? I need to... Oh, we haven't got the postcode, have we? We don't know. The postcode? The postcard, sorry. We don't know the what postcard. was said. Um, yeah, there wasn't a photo of it in the news article or anything. That's um, so upsetting. But I, I am fascinated to see what that postcard said. Me too. Um, Can you imagine it's just a nude? Absolutely 70-year-old fascinated. woman. Yeah, that's what I was her, thinking. Like, this... You know, this her past. <laughs> ex- <laughs> ex-girlfriend of 60 years ago was just like do you want to fuck <laughs> and then the yeah. wife's just like what you do um, for. yeah exactly um so uh the husband um in addition to <laughs> getting smothered not in the good way either um by his wife um also had several bruises and lacerations on his arms and stomach as well as open bite marks um as well um go so obviously bertha got in a little bit of trouble um for this for this uh old old uh stunt that she decided to pull um and she is currently being held without bond and faces several charges including attempted murder so you you're having a bad time bertha you're having a bad time love damn (laughs) yeah so yeah, that is those are my two two crime stories of the week, which yes. I thought are, are pretty fascinating. I mean, it's good to know that this is going on in the world. This is why, you know, we want to cover these things so that <laughs> you're you're up to speed on what's really truly important. But yeah. let's dive into today's case because that's not happening at the moment. Um so, you know, we'll just tell you about it instead. Um, have you ever heard of the Eight Immortals <laughs> murders, Dom? Is it one that's on your radar, or is this completely new? Uh, this is completely new. I don't believe I have heard of of this. Uh, it doesn't ring any bells. So, yeah, I am I am coming in entirely cold. Completely fair. It's one of the few situations where the name of the case doesn't relate to either the perpetrator or the victim it actually relates to where it happened so eight immortals is actually a restaurant um in china so it's um 
it's a little bit different in that sense, which is maybe why it's not as well known. Like generally, mm-hmm. I find that ones that are named after places aren't on people's radar as much. It's usually people's names that stick in their minds. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna apologize in advance because I'm going to mispronounce a hell of a lot in this episode. Um, but I'm saying it now because I'm not going to apologize every time I do it. I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to stick to it. And if I'm wrong, just tell me later, you know, so it doesn't knock yeah. my confidence. We'll, we'll read the comments if you want to correct yeah. me. That's not a problem. Um, <laughs> cool. So the Eight Immortals restaurant was a Chinese restaurant in the Ionhan section of Nossa Senora de Fatima Parish in Macau. Um, then a Portuguese colony. The modest dining establishment, connected to the Eight Immortals Hotel, um, was owned and operated by Zheng Ling, a former street hawker who moved his business from a stand into a formal restaurant in the 1960s. Um, Zen lived near his restaurant with his family, um, who helped him run the business. It was very much business. Um, and the... Restaurant was a financial success, um, but Zheng and his wife were noted to be very heavy gamblers. They were both very much into that side of things. Huang Zhen, who is the other side of this gambling... What's the word? Gambling duo, I guess. They gambled against each other. Was born on the Chinese mainland as Chen Shilang. Shang. Nope. Um, we'll before... go. We'll go with. We'll go with it. Yep. Um, before emigrating <laughs> to Hong Kong in the 1970s, in 1973, Hwang murdered a man over a debt at his victim's home in Quarry Bay. Um, he fled to Guangzhou, where he cut off the tip of his left index finger and burned his fingerprints in an attempt to avoid being linked to the murder. Wow. That's pretty hardcore. Burning your fingerprints off is very hardcore. Wow. Do you know what? That was my first thought when I read that. And then my second thought was, why don't more people we talk about do that? You would think it's kind of logical. Like, okay, so your fingerprints might be at the scene, but if you burn them off, no one can prove it. So why don't... I'm not recommending it, obviously, but why yeah. don't more don't murderers attempt that? It's a very good question. Um, I, I don't know Don't know why. I'm assuming it's probably quite painful. So maybe they're like, you know what? Yeah, fair. I'll go a different avenue. To be honest, I didn't even... And this probably sounds very, very dumb, but I didn't know you could actually burn off your fingerprints. Yeah, I mean, you definitely can, but you have to go through a lot of layers of skin. And I think they do eventually grow back. Like the skin obviously uh, builds up again okay. and they come back. So you, you yeah. lose them for a certain amount of time, probably long enough to get away with murder, but then they would they would come back and you would, you know, regain yeah. them. And they're part of your DNA, so you can't change them. Yeah. They grow back the same as they were before. So yeah, I would. I mean, maybe that's why he tried to cut off one of his fingers to see maybe if he could stomach that for maybe. all of them but obviously then thought no fuck maybe. this i'll just try and burn him off instead but yeah my my first thought was interesting why why don't more people 
do that yeah. to get away with murder. Yeah. But I'm sure there's a, yeah. you know, a valid reason. Well, well, maybe, like you say, because may, maybe it's because they come back. So they're like, I don't want to have to like routinely burn off my fingerprints. <laughs> like, yeah. And then have to have to do that like... It's the same Often, reason I haven't started having Botox like, nah. because you have to do it every six months and it's just a faff. You don't need Botox. Yeah, this this camera is very flattering, let me tell you. Take the take the compliment, God's sake. My face is as wrinkly as the <laughs> fanny in that postcard that she sent to her ex. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, oh, dear. So after living in Guangzhou for several years, Huang married the daughter of his landlord named Miss Lee. The woman's family disapproved of the marriage, um, so the couple eloped to Macau, which is where Zheng Li and his family are from. So, yeah, so they moved to Macau. Huang subsequently became involved in Macau's gambling scene, um, becoming an acquaintance of Zheng's in the process. That's how they met. Um Huang was aged around 50 at the time of this encounter. Um, during one evening of gambling in 1984, Huang and Zheng became involved in a series of high-stakes bets against each other. Um, in the end, Huang won 180,000 patakas, um, which equates to about 20,000 US dollars, um, from Zheng and his wife, who were both you know, involved in, in gambling. The Zengs were unable to pay the debt, um, so a verbal agreement was made that the Zeng family would concede or give over their restaurant mortgage to Huang okay. if the debt was not repaid within one year, which is, you would assume it would be more than 20000 yes. Um So they were obviously quite confident that they would be able to pay it within a year because otherwise they were going to lose their business. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and maybe they thought twenty thousand is is manageable, but yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Well, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, Wang obviously agreed to this deal. He thought, you know, if they don't stump mm -hmm. up the twenty grand in in a year, then I get a restaurant business, which was by all means a successful business. So it's a pretty sweet deal. But as I think we can probably have guessed considering that we're covering it on this podcast um the family remained indebted after the year huang would even later claim that not only had the family failed to repay the original uh twenty thousand dollars but they also gained further debt um gambling debt of an extra seventy five thousand dollars so they just kept oh just just dear. kept going um, basically they they were like you know what we're in for a penny in for a pound pile a little bit yeah. more on and, and we'll see how we get on um presumably in the hope that they could write off the debt they already had which obviously does not work no if you're bad at gambling don't gamble <laughs> if you're bad <laughs> they at don't gambling, sound like they're very and, good at gambling <laughs> i mean i guess you have to gamble to find out that you're bad at gambling but if you've then found that out don't yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. Don't yeah. keep going. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not a gambler. Like I've never really seen the appeal. I'll I'll do like the no. odd, you know, maybe on a World Cup, which I might have a little bit of a bet just to make it a bit fun or 
like I muck around gambling if like we have a poker night or whatever I might stick a few quid down but yeah in terms of you know the whole like Vegas gambling <clears> and stuff like that I don't really get it it doesn't really float my boat but I can see how no. if you've got a relatively big which the original twenty thousand dollars was quite a big debt then the chance to write it off might be somewhat appealing yeah and and obviously i get that um but at the same time it's like when you've added another you know when you're like oh shit we've added another ten thousand onto this yeah maybe don't carry on going they're like it's fine it's fine it's only it's yeah exactly they're like they're like it's fine it's only another ten thousand it'll be fine We'll win yeah. the next game. We'll th- and then they're like, okay, it's at 30,000. It's fine. We're, we're, it's fine. Uh, it's yeah. fine. We'll win the next one. And then it gets to like 60. And they're just like, well, okay, shit. so <laughs> I, th- I think we fucked up. <laughs> yeah, we did a bad. We, we did a bad thing. Um, <laughs> it is, it's a lot of money. And yeah. I think making a decision that could potentially mean you lose not only your business and therefore your income, but also potentially your home mm-hmm. is yeah. indicative that you have a much larger problem than you let on. But this is what the Lynn family, this is the situation that they found themselves in. So Dom, if someone owed you upwards or coming up to $100,000, um, what would you do? How would you go about dealing with that situation if someone owed me a hundred thousand um i would get the mafia and be like someone owes me a thousand hundred thousand could you could you persuade them (laughs) (laughs) i think i'd maybe if if there was going to be no like legal consequences then yeah sure i'll go kneecap a bitch but seeing as there are going to be i would Mm -hmm. probably get lawyers involved and say, look, yeah, you know, no, he gambled. Yeah. He's he's entered into this sort of contract with yeah. me to say that he's going to pay it, and blah blah blah. And 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 I'd get my money back that way. Um, but unfortunately, uh, for Zenling and his family, Huang didn't see it that way. Um, and he did something slightly different. So, yeah. why don't at this point we take a little break, and I'll tell you all about it when we get back. I think I know what what he might have done but yes let's take a break and (laughs) and dive in to the to the grisly details we'll see you back here in just a few in a world that has been completely divided for so long two movie fans have decided to unite for the people and the betterment of mankind one an action movie buff the other horror movie fanatic together they will try to bridge the gap of both genres into one podcast with their battle cry give me back my action and horror movies listen along as charlie and nate alternate each week talking about action and horror movies they cherish mostly from the vhs era also including some modern examples that felt like the movies they grew up with by answering the battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Look them up on Facebook and Instagram. Hey, Steven. Hey, Leo. I love horror movies. So do I. I don't love that I have nobody to talk about them with. It sucks you see something great, you tell your friends to go see it, and they don't have the time because they have kids and a job. <laughs> they have a life. Boring. I know. Imagine if there was a podcast where you could make your buddy watch a horror movie and under threat of death they had to, and then you got to talk about it, crack jokes, things like that. That sounds wonderful. What if we did it? We could do it. Under threat of death. Yes, so much death, so much threat. I love it. We could call it Spoils of Horror. Great name. And guess what? What? We've been doing it for three months. What? It's crazy. We're on all major podcasting platforms. You can search Spoils of Horror on all social medias. Come check us out. Hang out with us. Have a good time. Join us. If you dare. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome back to our Eight Immortals episode. Um, Dob, how are you feeling so far? You feel like placing a little bet on what's going to happen next? Um, Probably not, because knowing my luck, I'll run up a, a £100,000 debt and then... I mean, I'll have my kneecaps broken. Um, but I mean, just don't bet a hundred thousand pound. You know, we, yeah, we, but... we could bet a tenner. Why do all bets have to go big so fast? You know, we, we could just do just a quid. That's fine. Go big or go big or go home, Amy. If you're gonna bet, just just do it. Properly. Do it. Just put just your house it. on just the line. Balls to the wall. Yeah. You know, put your house on the line. Put your children on the line. Don't do that. Don't put don't your children on the line. No, that's too far. Um, <laughs> well, Zen Ling did put his house on the line. Um, and we're about to find out how well that went. <laughs> really, really soon, in fact. Not in very. The... <laughs> no. You're going to find out in about one sentence's time how well that went. Okay. The Zeng family were last seen alive by a delivery man on the afternoon of the 4th of August, 1985. Yeah, it's not gone well, has it? It's not gone well. <laughs> yeah, not ideal. And this and this is why people don't run up debts and if you do make yeah. sure you pay them before before Gamble it goes responsibly. very badly. Gamble That's responsibly. That's what we ask. Yes. Absolutely. When the fun stops, stop. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Gamble aware. <laughs> 18 plus. <laughs> oh dear. Um that evening, after the restaurant had closed, Hwang entered the establishment and demanded that the family pay 30,000 patakas um, of the debt that they owed him, which was about half of the original debt. Um, so not, I mean, in terms of how much they owed, not actually that much, but obviously still money that they would necessarily have just sitting around. Yeah. Um, Hwang grew increasingly agitated um, when Zheng Lin refused to turn over ownership of the restaurant, which is what he had promised to do if he couldn't repay the debt. Um, eventually, Hwang became physically aggressive, um, taking Zheng's son hostage and forcing the other eight family members to bind and gag each other. Um, Hwang later claimed that one family member broke free and started to scream, um, causing him to stab her in the neck with a broken bottle um, that he'd managed to you know, get hold of and brandish as a weapon. Um, he then proceeded to kill all nine family members, either by strangulation or with the wine bottle that he'd, um, you know, he'd smashed. Um, he 
briefly left the restaurant to lure one of Zeng's sisters inside where he also killed her as well. So for those of you that, that like numbers, um, 10 victims overall. Um, so the victims were Zen Ling himself, obviously, who was just over 50, who was the owner of the restaurant. Um, his wife, Chen, uh, Natalia, who was 18, who was their eldest daughter, um, their daughter, Stefani, and their daughter, Zoe, their fourth daughter, Joanna, um, Antonio, who was their only son, um, Chen, who was the mother of the other Chen, who was the wife, uh, and also another Chen, just to make it more confusing, who was the aunt of the wife, as well as another Zeng, who was one of the chefs and the cousin of the owner of the restaurant. Um, okay. So all of those people were killed as a result of the... In one? Yes. By one man. That's... Yeah, he was a busy boy that evening. Very, very yeah. busy man. It's it's worth noting as well that the children were children. Um, their ages. Mm-hmm. The eldest was yeah. eighteen, and then you've got a twelve-year-old, a ten-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a seven-year-old being the youngest. And I don't think this is just about gambling. They're, they're... No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because obviously the children are entirely innocent when it comes to the gambling. You know, they're they're the, not exactly. the ones who racked up a, you know, a, a massive debt. So. So yeah, it's you know it's extremely um, unfortunate and and uh, extremely sad that that the kids have, the kids were killed that as well because like I said they yeah wrong place wrong time unfortunately exactly. it sounds like exactly that and you certainly have to be um, in a certain frame of mind to kill that yeah. many people over a debt that was really only yeah. attributed to two of those people push. Yeah, um, exactly. But exactly. if you needed further proof um, that Huang was a, a little bit of a psycho, then allow me to give it to you. Um, just, a, Huang, just a little bit. Just a, just a just smidge. A um, just a tad. Huang had dismembered the bodies over the course of eight hours and wrapped them in plastic trash bags, which he then dumped into the ocean or threw into dumpsters. Um, afterwards, he cleaned the restaurant completely. Um, recovered some money from the tills and a safe key from Zeng's corpse and spent the night at the Zeng's residence nearby. The next morning, um, the delivery man found the restaurant locked um, with a note on the door stating that it would be closed for a few days. Um, The delivery man then visited the Zeng residence because he was a regular guy and he knew where they lived, um, where Huang answered the door and claimed that the family had taken a trip to the main. Um, on the 8th of August, 1985, um, a swimmer found eight pieces of human limbs in Xar Beach. It was originally theorized that the body parts had come from a group of illegal immigrants from the mainland who had been eaten by sharks. Um, but an examination of the limbs revealed that precise cuts had to sever them. Can you imagine... Going for a day out at the beach and discovering eight human limbs. Yeah, it would ruin your beach day a little bit, wouldn't it? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Little yeah. Bit. I, I th- don't think you'll be going in the water anytime soon once you've, once you've seen that. No. 
If if you uh, were wondering whether or not that fourth margarita was a good idea, it is. Just just have it. It yeah. really doesn't take Get off the off. surfing, I think. <laughs> so yeah, that there there were precise cuts on the limbs, which was clearly not something that a shark's tooth um is gonna do if if they had been eaten by sharks. Um this finding prompted a police investigation and a search for potential missing persons. Over the next few days, forensic evidence determined that the limbs belonged to at least four separate people. Um, a further three body parts were found on local beaches over the following week. Um, and these findings generated, obviously, significant interest in the press. Um, and several theories were raised as to what might have happened. I mean, I think... It doesn't matter where you are in the world or, well, whatever. If you're going to start finding limbs on beaches to any extent, it's going to generate some yeah. press interest, you know? People are going to be like, okay, yeah, maybe oh, yeah. we should look into this. Oh, yeah. Um. Eventually, Macau police traced the limbs to the Zeng family. Um, because they'd been reported missing by relatives. Um, it's a big family mm -hmm. to go missing, so you would kind of expect that that would be the case. Meanwhile, while all this was going on, Hwang had reopened and continued to operate the restaurant, which wasn't necessarily considered unusual. Um, sorry, it was considered unusual, but not unwarranted because he was known to associate with the family. And when police had visited him, he was in possession of the restaurant's ownership documents, which was part yeah. of the agreement that had been made to recover the debt. So no one immediately yeah. went, what the hell are you doing? It's a bit yeah. sensitive, yes, but it's essentially his business. So fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like you say, it is, it is insensitive. Um I was going to say it's kind of ballsy, um, but like you said, he he had the proper paperwork. So at least yeah. for a certain amount of time, he wouldn't have been pulled up on it because he's got the ownership documents. He's it's covered his, his back, I suppose you could say, on that front. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get them lawfully, but no one would have looked into that until they had reason to. Yeah. So he was just yeah. operating what yeah, was exactly. essentially at that point his business. What was slightly more suspicious was that he also began collecting rent from the family's former home. Police okay. grew suspicious of Huang and searched his bank holdings, finding documents belonging to Zeng and the student ID cards belonging to his children. Realising right. that he was very much in the shit, for want of a better phrase, um, Huang attempted yeah. to <laughs> flee for the mainland but was captured on the 28th of September, 1986. Um, he was convicted of 10 counts of murder on the 2nd of October, 1986. Yeah. Um, Harang's arrest and the fact that he had continued to run the restaurant after dismembering its former owners um, resulted in an urban legend, which is still sort of talked about in the area of the day, um, that he had baked the rest of his victims so bear they had you know found all of the body parts at this point um into pork buns and served them yeah a bit like a 
Chinese okay. Sweeney Todd. And I that was... c- continued for a bit I... until the final body parts um, to be linked to the murders were found yeah. in a trash dump in 1989. I was literally about to say, that sounds very Sweeney Todd. Right. <laughs> Like yes. as soon as as soon as you were like Chinese Sweeney Todd, I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. Boom. <laughs> yeah. So because they didn't <laughs> know where the rest of the bodies were, they were like, well, he must have gotten rid of them somehow. So people just kind of made up the yeah. I guess the most gruesome thing that they could think of, which was that he was baking them into pork buns. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think yeah I'm going to be able to eat a pork bun for a little while without thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean so, you say that but how 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 often do we talk about some horrendous crime and then as soon as the episode ends we're like oh, I really fancy a really fancy a takeaway. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not really going to lie, I'm starving right now, so the thought of a pork bun <laughs> isn't actually that bad, but maybe I'll hold off. Oh, and I would just order something different. <laughs> I would I would tear up a a, a pork bun right now. I love I a really bun. would. I, I would go, yeah, I would go ham on a, on a bow bun. <laughs> um, so what happened to Huang, I hear you ask? Um, well, he was attacked in prison by another inmate the day after his conviction. Of course. Um, perhaps yeah. deservedly. Um, he was sent to a hospital to convalesce uh, where he th- attempted escape without success, I might add, but, um, you know, Good on you for trying, I guess. Yeah. On the 6th of October, Huang confessed and gave details to investigators on how and why he had killed the Zeng family. Um, His second um, and fatal suicide attempt took place on December 4th, 1986, um, when he managed to cut his wrists with a bottle cap. So he was pretty determined that he was not going to prison yeah um and just yeah was either going to escape which he realized he couldn't do or or kill himself so he made a couple of attempts and the second one was successful yeah and obviously that's you could say that's unfortunate because the family never got justice um you know and, and in a sense he kind of got away with it um yeah i i I will say that I wasn't surprised that he got battered um, no. like the day after. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that it was that quick, um, but I'm also not surprised that he got um, got roughed up because, as as we both know, child killers don't, don't particularly do well in, do well in that environment. No. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't know that it was actually because they knew what he did. It might have just been that, you know, there was an opportunity yeah, and true. this guy was particularly pissed off and wanted true. to beat someone up. But it's um you can usually assume that it's because they know what they did. Um Yeah. And I think yeah. that probably would have influenced his decision as someone that had managed to evade capture before and, and didn't want to go to prison. He's obviously never been to prison. So if you're getting attacked on your second day, you would maybe understand why he yeah. was like, Okay, I even need to get out of here or or get yeah. out of here permanently i guess um hence the, yeah. the suicide um but that is the story of the eight immortals murders um so dom tell me are you gonna gamble do you want do you want to go to vegas um <laughs> give me your thoughts 
I'm going to gamble responsibly. That's what I'm going to do. Um, Good. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting case. Um, so I, I, I apologize, Ames. Vegas doesn't do anything for me. Um, me neither. I, I have no desire to go to Vegas. Absolutely none. Um, I mean, I, I'd want to go so, just to say that I'd been. No, nah, I suppose. But I've I've got no interest. I suppose, in yeah. No, no. Um, but but yeah, that was that was an interesting episode. It's a case that I that I've not heard of, um, and it's always nice that nice when we when we talk about um, international cases because obviously a lot of the cases yeah. we do are you know state the United States or the UK. Um, so it's nice to sort of go a little bit farther afield um and talk about a case from from there um so yeah that was that was very interesting very much enjoyed it um so so yeah thank you for that ames very very much so not a problem at all um in that case nothing left to do except for you to wrap it up dom (laughs) also wrap it up um so (laughs) so thank you everybody um for listening uh to this week's episode um as for uh next week um it's going to be another true crime episode um and amy mentioned that i love talking about the mafia um a little bit earlier on in the episode um so i will be talking about the mob next week um and I'm going to be talking about the the boss of one of the New York, uh, f- the, one of the five New York crime families, Ooh. who who at one point was the most powerful mob boss in the country because he was the head of the most powerful mafia family in the country, and he evaded prison for a long time in a very unconventional way. Okay, but I'm not going to say anything more than that. Um, I think I've got a clue, you're gonna have you to... know. You so in our first mob episode, um, yeah. which was obviously the overview and the history and stuff, you did name drop this person right. in the episode. Um Yay, I love it when I know things. So so yes, yeah, so that's <laughs> gonna be next week's episode. I'm really excited to talk about it because the <laughs> the lengths this guy went to to avoid prison for a lot oh, like I'm so for, excited. for a long time as well. To his credit, he managed to pull this off for a long time. But yeah, that's enough. Don't tell the listeners anymore. How, if you don't know who it is, it. tune in next week. Yes, absolutely. But that's going to be next week. Um, as until then, there are many ways that you can support us on Horror House. You can follow us on social media um, at Horror House underscore Pod. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, we are at one hundred and thirty-three subscribers now um which is which is pretty goddamn cool um yes hello everybody so if you want to support us on youtube please subscribe um you can also follow us on your podcast app of choice if you're old school and you just do the audio episodes follow us on spotify leave a message in the q a section rate us on spotify give us a review on apple podcasts etc etc um if you do want to support us financially and you want to throw us a little bit of money, we understand that money 
this time of year, nobody's that flush. But if you want to throw us a few quid, then follow the buy me a coffee link and, and buy us a coffee. We will, we will, we will love you, love you long time. Um, oh, I got some little hearts. Oh, you got some hearts that time. That's cute. Um, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's thrown me a little bit. Um, but as for for this week, thank you again. And until next time, as always, stay very, very spooky. Stay spooky. Yas. Yas, queen. Oh, God, I'm so hungry. Yas, queen. I'm so hungry. (laughs) And it's not because of the episode. I'm, I'm just hungry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Is it bad that I kind of do want bow buns? <laughs> no, no, absolutely it's, not. I it's think it's not great. Is it? Bow bun is. I probably should have put me off, but I'm like, nah, go for it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm good. I, I mean, wonder what would put me off. Everything at this point. should put us off. Probably nothing. I don't know. We talk about some horrendous things, Ames. I think where we've developed some pretty strong stomachs at this point. I'm worried that one day I'm not going to be able to feel hungry unless I've spoken about true crime. <laughs> then then that is at the that's the day you'll know. Like okay, we this is now a problem. <laughs> <laughs>